feeling overwhelmed by climate change? Looking for sustainable and ethical brands to support? That Ethic is perfect for you. Ethic is a simple browser extension that helps you find sustainable and ethical brands online. Learn more at ethic.org. E-T-H-Y-K.org. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, and welcome back to Realistic Sustainability. I'm Mike, and I am here with the guru of gourmet, Nick. Good morning, sir. Good morning. At this point, I am just the drinker of coffee. The drinker of coffee. I am also. This morning, totally all screwed up. The usual process. I I know you know that I'm like a creature of habit, like to do the same things on the same days all the time. Yes. Yes, you are. Fridays when the kids are here, I take Addison to school. Well, I had like some of our groceries delivered and it was supposed to be delivered last night. Well, then you get a, well, we can't deliver at 10. It's going to be 11, but we can't deliver at 11. It's going to be midnight. I'm thinking, I don't want to stay up. Well, then I get a message at like 1115 that says it's going to be tomorrow. It's between seven and 8 a.m. That's when I take Addison to school. So here we are in snowy, icy Michigan, which, by the way, we were all coated with ice this week, trying to get the car cleaned off, trying to get everything set as this poor person is climbing up my driveway with all these groceries. So my whole morning is discombobulated, all kinds of mixed up. I totally get it. So my day didn't necessarily go badly yesterday, but it was, I had this plan. I was like, this is how today is going to go. This is when I do this. And I had this itinerary that I thought was foolproof and it just got shot to crap. So I'm doing a, a, event for the michigan coon hunters association this weekend okay. and i'm cooking out of the kitchen where the hall in the at that hall in new lothrop and so i was supposed to go out there and take the food out there yesterday so it could be ready so i could just go there today and prep but the lady who runs the hall had some kind of emergency and she couldn't even get there till like six o'clock so i, I kind of drove around with like nine hundred dollars in food in the back of my truck the most of the day it sucked <laughs> it really sucked so then like it stopped me behind on soul box and so, like, I was soul boxing last night, but like, it was, I probably didn't start cooking for soul boxing, actually, really getting into it till like seven, eight o'clock. And I did a little bit, like, I did some prep, but like, by the time I really got into it, I was starting to finish up meals and stuff. It was time to go home. Like, I was so late and I get home and then I can't sleep. It was just, it wasn't a bad day. It was fine. It was just wasn't the way I wanted it to go. And um, this morning, I woke up and it dawned on me that I had like nothing prepped for dinner tonight. We're not going to make it out to the fish fry, by the way. What? Uh, I got to prep for that event. I didn't get, I, 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 it put me behind, man. I got, I got to get that stuff done. Well, you have okay. to be able to come out because you're bringing me food anyways. I'm bringing you food the later this morning. I'm not bringing you food tonight. What? Well, how am I supposed to get that back to the house? Huh? You live a quarter mile from <laughs> Dabble. You're going to, you could walk it there faster than you could probably drive it there. No, I, I, it's not that I don't want to come to the fish fry. I love fried food. and. And Heather told me, I was like, yes, absolutely. But I was like, I really got to prep for this event. I I don't, because the event has four entrees, I don't want to leave all of the prep for tomorrow 
because I know I know how it goes. I know if you if you put too much on the day of the event, something inevitably will happen and you will get screwed over. And I don't want to have a heart attack because I'm stressed out on the first catering event of the year. When, <laughs> with the, when it's on the line, I got 200 people waiting to be fed and I got four entrees I got to do and two sides and, and two vegetables and two salads and I got to do beverages and I got to set up my buffet line. I'm the only guy. I can get a little grouchy. You're giving me anxiety just saying what is the list. That's not that, that's only that's only the list of stuff that I tell people. There's a lot of because I always find things that I, I screwed up or didn't get or like, oh, here's a great example. I didn't buy any butter. I got to go buy butter. You just brought us butter. Yeah, I know, because we're like, we're going to buy butter. And then so this is this is what happened, my good sir. I told Heather, I was like, we need butter. She's like, OK, I'll put the word out. And y'all bought the entire case of butter. And I so was not, it- I was not buying a second case so I could have a couple of pounds of butter. So if, if, if this sounds weird to anybody, Nick gets butter in 55 pound blocks from a um, yeah from a local farm so we've all fallen in love with the farm fresh butter so every time he goes to buy it we just buy it all from him which is wonderful i love being your butter guy uh i'm a back alley butter guy it's i love it they call me Blackwater butter and uh i enjoy it but uh it's delicious it is fantastic butter it's amazing it's very tasty, but um, the fact of the matter is, is that money's been a little tight, and I couldn't front the price for a whole other case, so I didn't buy any. And uh, I'll, I'll get it next time. Next time will be a big deal. But um, yeah. Well, just like any other fresh item, that butter is so much more flavorful than any other butter you could buy in the store. So it's becoming a a friend group habit to want butter every time you go there. Now, I'm good for a while. I think we have like 20 pounds. Yeah. So like as much as I, I word this, I'm just going to say it the way it is. As much as I enjoy it, I I got a special little, like a, a happier moment this time. Because when we, we had, <laughs> when, when we got the butter, Heather was like, I'm going to process it. I'm like, you do it, babe. She wrapped it all in foil. And so when I opened the back of her car, I was like, wow, that's a lot of cocaine. Because in my head, only cocaine gets packed in foil bags like that. And I was like, wow, this is like a 90s movie. This is amazing. I gotta hope we don't get pulled over. This would be hard to explain about our back our back alley butter deals. But yeah, it was a lot of fun. And I, I think I actually think I have like a pound in the freezer that I've had since last year I need to use up. Okay. Well, I mean, worst case, while you're here, if you need some, you can grab some at the house. I'm not gonna bogart your butter, Michael. Well, we can always get more. You know how many B words I've been able to wrap in with the word butter in the last five minutes? It's amazing. <laughs> What's it going to do like a bingo for this? I one? guess I'm just a butter braggart. I can't help it. <laughs> Anyways, let's go to our topic because this one might be a little longer because I love it and I get talky. It may not seem like it ties in with sustainability, but it does. I want to talk about artificial intelligence. And where it started, where it's going, what it's doing now, what it's going to do in the future, and how that ties in with sustainability. Okay, that sounds like a fun topic. It's one of my favorite topics to actually talk about. Not like not in a um, constructive way, just in a this is where Skynet comes into play kind of thing. Because all of us that are here, I like to think, have seen Terminator. So our first interaction with any type of AI was watching and try to kill out on Schwarzenegger for two hours. Actually, no, the first one, he was the bad guy. So second one, you know, I find it to be really interesting. I think that, like in all things, there is a lot of caution to be had. But I also think that the technology is, in some aspects, further than people realize. But in the aspects I think they, they're wary of, probably nowhere near close enough to being something to be scared of. Because I think that like the only, the only time that it would ever become 
like actually, you know, a, a problem is if it, when it gets to the point where it's self-designing, when it becomes sentient, which I don't think is anywhere near close to being real for a long time. At that point, then it becomes something to like pay attention. At that, that point, movie scenarios become kind of scary and real because at that point, you're past pushing a button and turning it off. But I think that AI in or I'm just going to say technology, computer technology, because like in most things, I think that AI is going to exist in in compartmentalized places. Like you're going to have small robot assistants for your homes. They're going to be they're going to be have AI, but in a certain set of parameters where like they're they're designed and built to do one thing. So maybe they will be able to kind of process and program themselves to do that thing but they're not it's not like you know you're not going to have a robot your Roomba is not going to run away with your car I guess is what I'm trying to say like you're not going to have robots go crazy and kill your family I was telling my wife yesterday I can't I wish I'd give anything for a robot assistant they would just put dishes away and put laundry away after it's clean but once once the laundry is clean and folded just 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 whisk it away I'm good I don't want to go up the stairs dishes are done put them and put it I'll wash them just put them in the cupboard I don't want to mess with it I don't know why it bothers me it just does Everybody has their certain ones that bugs them. Their certain chores, and you're right. Like I am, I am the collector of robots. You know this. I have multiple Roombas that work the floors for us. I have. I Jamie has gotten me this last Christmas, which I haven't used yet. A robot that cleans windows, that climbs the windows and cleans the windows here at Dabble. So this summer, I'll be trying that out. I I want one of the ones that just mows the lawn a little bit each day. I like new technology. This is where me and sustainability at times can conflict, but I like how new technology functions, how it gets better and better each time, and what it does to alleviate the stresses of putting away the dishes or whatever task we don't want to do. Because I think part of long-term sustainability is automated devices doing the things we don't want to do giving us a better quality of life that is a part of it yeah i think i think that leans into the uh the more of the the sustainable part of like your your mindset and you in in essentially alleviating those small little stressors that just annoy you the, the things that i call like the adulting the things that you do because you have to do it because no one else is going to but you don't want to and some people to go out of mind doing this or i don't mind doing that and they might not mind it but they might be five or six other little things they do mind like there's mowing the lawn there's doing the laundry there's all these things that you just have to do but it would be a lot better if we had a little robot helper to do it for us or i mean maybe even reduce your workload by 50 percent would be amazing well and don't get me wrong robot helper has been around a very very long time because your regular vacuum that you push around the you know you it's a mechanical device any mechanical device is the beginning concepts of robot just the it's just you know the dishwasher we use tools to accomplish tasks already yeah look at the assembly assembly line is a huge example of that yeah so the difference is these will be set on schedules they they don't need us as much I know there's a lot of different ways to look at artificial intelligence, and we immediately go to Skynet, as you did. Absolutely. The reason why I decided to talk about this was I was reading an article about a Bing customer service <laughs> bot. Oh, I had a midlife crisis. It was awesome. It started getting mad at customers. Uh, it started getting snarky. Like, uh, it, So Bing has pulled that specific one and is kind of studying it because it's now for lack of better terms, angry. It's mad at people screwing with it. And I've done that because there are certain times that I'm not quite sure if this is a person or a bot, so I'll say something silly. So it actually started getting snarky with customers, and that was not an intent for Bing. 
Well, so and here's and here's my thing. This is what I made those talking about, like the being sentient and stuff like that. The reason why that would be a problem is because, for lack of a better term, people in general are jerks. And um, if you if you poke a bear enough, it will growl at you. Now, if that bear becomes digital, okay, because I I am playing to the, the the beat of the other side of the drum here. Like obviously, I'm talking about the conspiracy theories first. If you have a world where you know AI is is prominent and it's 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 like the stereotypical cliche idea of ai then that kind of stuff would happen more and more eventually there'd be like a mental breakdown it, it something would bad would happen right now it's it's funny it is i think it's hilarious because it, all the there's tons of these 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 uh these ai chat generators where you can you can force the bot to to consume a ton of data they, they'll say things like i made it watch a whole season of this show and you just feed it all this data, and then you have it reproduce something in the vein of whatever you fed it. And it's it's hilarious. Some of them are actually quite good, and some of them are really scary, and some of them are just loon like loon like lunacy. They're just ridiculously funny. Mm-hmm. And in this case, this particular one, which is programmed to it's probably an automated system programmed to respond to what people say, is probably just. Yeah, got, I don't know. Maybe the code just got messed up or something, or maybe maybe someone programmed it as a joke, being passive aggressive. I don't know, but I think the whole thing is quite comical. Well, and I think, and I'm going to go through the kinds of bots or AIs, and I think it's I think this one is kind of a first level. So it it, it learns based on response. So <laughs> somewhere along the line, someone made it mad, or the fact that it could even be mad or irritated is just amazing. But you're right. It could just as easily be a programmer, put a back door in. So for certain keywords, have it act a certain way. So first is what is artificial intelligence for those listening who may not have a definition for it? It simply refers to the simulation of the human intelligence in machines so that they're programmed to think like humans would or mimic our actions. So when I say that, most think like data from Star Trek or, you know, some of these TV show bots. But there's also chat G- GPT, which I've been playing with and using, or just simply those AI photo filters that everybody's been doing on Facebook and TikTok and all that fun stuff. These are all generators. These are all the collection of datas that these systems can then make decisions with. Yeah, and it's it's incredibly difficult as these programmers have found out over the last you know decade to to mimic the functionality of the human brain with technology. You see the, the huge difficulties in self-driving cars, the amount of inputs and data intake that they have just to go down the road, to be able to you know consume all the data around them, the temperature, the air, the wind, animals possibly coming out, other drivers. Like There's so many things that have to be taken in at one time. They've really struggled with this. And to not, I mean, you know, really, it's not, it's not unheard of. It, it makes sense to me that it should be this difficult. You know, the, that's why I said AI in, in the way that everyone jokes about is so far away that we're no we are nowhere near building a, a robot that can think like that now the fact that you can program these things to be like this i think it's kind of funny but at the same side like if it in the world where this is to, within it's just actually let's say it just actually happened by itself that that would be creepy i don't think that i really think it's some programmer just being a jerk i really do likely or there's if vans that are built into the system so four different kinds of ai there's some debate on a fifth, but we're going to go with the four. And this is this first one is 
the most basic, of course, which is reactive AI. This is a program that is that is designed to provide a predictable uh, predictable output based on any inputs that come in. So when you go to a store online and you're talking and that's chatbot, there's predictable answers for different questions because there's limited questions, right? And that's where reactive AI is. That is the same kind of system that was IBM Deep Blue who won the the chess tournament against the best chess player in the world or spam filters or Netflix recommendations. Those are all reactive systems based on input. Now, is that now do, do the automated phone systems fall into that when you call them and like they ask you questions, you only have so many answers you can say or like it's it's it's, it's designed to try to help you solve your problem yourself before you actually have to get to a real person. Does that fall into that category or is that coming down the road? No, that's still part of that because again, it's a single input and it takes that input and gives a reaction without a person, right? So it's a software pack. And let's and let's face it, when, when we think about AI, everybody thinks about this robot with arms and legs and whatever it is, 99% of AI is a software pack and it's used to make decisions in different levels or to control certain uh, of our lives at different level. So this is these reactive systems that we're using. This is where customer service jobs have greatly been reduced for online systems, for call centers. These easily take that job because you know, a lot of times people will contact a company like, what's your phone number? It just fires back the phone number. They say, thank you. The bot says, thank you. Have a great day. And then they call the number. Mm -hmm. So most of the things can be solved by these bots. Other than the people like, I know some people who just say customer service over and over and over again until it kicks them over to people. I'm one of don't... those. I'm one of those people. I have no patience, and I hate <laughs> pre-recorded scripts. I will push zero five hundred times before I've got to listen to that stupid crap. See, and I'd much rather just get an answer and move on. Yeah, but those things don't provide answers that I need. That's okay. So here's here's my here's my opinion of this. I used to experience this a lot. When you used to work at Sprint, I experienced this all the time. I'd have a problem with my phone. I would call customer service. They would tell me to do everything I've already done. There is a point. There is a point where pre-recorded, pre-programmed scripts are relevant to the to the user. That, like, mm -hmm. If I need help, very rarely can those things help me because they're self-evident and commonsensical, and I already know all that. I don't need to be told, have you tried restarting it? Have you tried? Push the power button and hold it for three seconds. Like, I don't know. I know how to do all this. This power, this problem supersedes my, my knowledge, and so I will go crazy until I get to a person generally that has a clue what they're talking about. I, I, sorry. That, no, that first layer that used to be a person doesn't have to be a person anymore, though. And you can get through it quicker because it will pop up these questions. You answer them. It moves you on. Where before, this person's like, are you sure you plugged it in? You know, and you go through this long, drawn-out script. This mm -hmm. it pops up. You read it. You say yes. You read it. You say yes. You read it. You say yes. And it says, let me connect you to the next person. Yep. Sometimes it works like that. Well, if they programmed it correctly. But so that's what this first layer or this first system is, is reactive. Then there's a limited memory AI, which means that it collects information on the spot. It has a base set of understanding. And as it continues, it builds information. For example, automated vehicles do that. It builds information as they're going. It starts to predict upcoming outcomes based on what it's seeing. It's using multiple inputs through GPS, LIDAR, radar, stuff like that. But when you turn the vehicle off, all that additional data disappears. 
And when you turn the vehicle on, it starts with this base set again. That is the limited memory AI systems that we see out there that can get better and better at certain things, but then wipe its memory, start over fresh after every start. That's where truck drivers are going to start losing jobs is through this system. As limited AI becomes, it works already. It just has to become accepted or we have to create a method where we feel safe. Yeah. Because remember, I want to point this out again. In almost every AI trial with vehicles, it learns to stay away from humans because they will, the cars will cluster together for safety because they can read each other's movements and anticipate the movements. It's people that are unpredictable. Mm -hmm. So after all of this, the computers just want to stay away from us, but yet we're scared of them. Um, Well, okay. To be fair though, uh, if we're, we're being honest with what you just said, that's the reason we're scared of them. Okay. Jumping on Skynet again, if a limited memory, limited mobility, limited functioning AI learns quickly to stay away from people. What's a sentient one going to do, Michael? <laughs> uh, we could also just be better. Yeah, yeah. Listen, I every single episode we do, you know, that's a that's an underlying theme. We hope for people to get better and our race not to suck. We want that. We want a little bit, a little bit, big bit. I, I 100% agree. We could. And in some cases, we we do. Some cases, where we, we, we do amazing things and we... And we surprise everyone and, and the amount of ingenuity in this in the human spirit is just breathtaking and, and inspirational. In some cases, it's not. So um, like most things, you can't really make a decision until you roll the dice and see how they land. But this is the kind of AI that's going to replace package drivers. The, you know, uh, anything that is with mobility in that sense. Mm hmm. It is also very predictive. They use it for commercial behavior. They use it for probability sets, so it can predict a lot of things. Most basic labor will be replaced by some form of limited memory AI. Come on, dishbot. That's what I want. Yeah. I mean, most of that kind of stuff, production work at factories is already station by station, uh, starting to get taken up by either A, the robot arm you're used to seeing, or B, the like the visual systems that tell us good good not good and it stops the line kicks that part off and keeps going again you know so there's some of these limited ais that are everywhere already the next one and as as uh some people say i'm going to start getting spookier at the levels but this is the the theory of the mind ai it works to mimic humans it is almost always a digital software and not a person. If you've noticed that most companies try not to give a robot a human face. Honda just puts a black shield there. Boston Dynamics makes theirs look like a dog, right? They don't try to make a human face. It creeps people out and scares the crap out of them. So unless you're working on facial muscle movements and recognition, you're not building a robot with a face. And that's because of these theory of a mind AIs, it bothers people. It bothers people that it seems more like us. And it kind of makes everybody think of the movies. But they're much more advanced than any of the other ones we're talking about. Go ahead. I was going to say, that's probably part of it, but also the notion of 
um, when you when you look at the amount of science fiction we've grown up in and stuff like that, and then and it's not just AI stuff, but like other kinds of movies where the like invasion of the body snatchers and all it, it goes back for decades in, in science fiction that it, we are programmed for it to be a bad thing. So when you look at something that looks like a human, and not only looks like a human, these things when they when they do make the ones that look like people, they're they're math they make them completely symmetrical, right? So you don't realize it, but every single person, it, we're none of us are symmetrical. We all have tiny flaws, and we we don't actually notice but it gives a level of comfort subconsciously when you talk to another person so when you see an ai face that, that it's symmetrically perfect it makes you feel uneasy because it's unnatural it's not even so much to do with the fact that you know it's a robot it just, just looking at it seems wrong it's the same thing there, there are ai generated apps online you could find them that they'll take a picture of you and they'll recreate it but with completely symmetrical proportions and it'll make you feel sick it'll you'll look at yourself it'll be you but not you and right. it's a very uneasy feeling well these these are more popular and out there more than you think. This is the chatbot that you couldn't tell was a chatbot. I guarantee you at least once every person listening has worked with a customer service agent that isn't a customer service agent. Oh, absolutely. I like to make fun of them. But I mean, and not noticed. I now, I have gone through two thirds of a conversation and one word sticks out. And I'm like, wait a minute, that's not a person. Like this whole time, I've really thought it was a person. And I guarantee you at least once you thought it was a person because they were using slang or responding in certain ways or had an accent or this or that, that isn't a person. And it doesn't matter if it is a chat bot or you spoke to them personally and they told you a wonderful story about them and their kids down in Texas. No. So I, I, I will admit that like, of course there are conversations you go into that you think are a person in the beginning, but there are moments where, in like in these conversations where things are just worded too perfectly to be real. Now, I I, I guess the best way I can put this is that you can you can be a, an English teacher and know everything there is to know about the English language and grammar, literacy. However, you want to look at it and be a poor speaker. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So when you when you talk to some of these bots, their even their slang is perfect. They, they type or they speak in a way that no one does, or very few people would. Perfect diction is something that I find to be impressive in the human species. Whenever I meet someone that's a really great speaker, I'm always really impressed just to listen to them talk because I know I'm incapable of that. And so I don't doubt that there are ones that, that get a lot of people. And I've got, like, I, what's the one that I got the other day? Um, it's not, it's it's a recording. And, and every time it's like, hi, my name's Harriet. But instead of like it just continuing to go if you don't speak, it, it responds to what you say. It's not a person at all. But, well, and that one is your first level. That's the reactive yeah. AI. Yeah, but it's so good that it almost seems real. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's going to be times like you like those when AI writes a story with bad inputs. It's like Mad Libs. You, see, you see those on Facebook. I know you've like laughed about them before. Mm -hmm. But there's there's news agencies out there right now that are reporting and it has a name, but that is not a person. There is all kinds of these bots out there doing human jobs right now. So well, we still think they're human and it's early still. It's early and that technology is working and working quite well. And, and that's before we even hit the top tier and there's still debate on what the top tier is. I'm going to go with the standard top tier, which is self-aware, self-aware AI, which means it is continuous self-learning and self-aware. It understands, it understands its, its emotions, if you will. 
Yeah, it's sentient. When I said self self designing earlier, that's what I was talking about. Is that when it realizes its own limitations and learns how to grow and change and evolve. Right. Which we do have stuff that mimics that. We do not have that. So we don't actually have self aware. We have extremely advanced. We have ones that mimic that concept. Ones that can eat or drink. Maybe even build a a another bot of some kind much like itself but that's all programmed in none of these bots are sentient none of these bots are that are self-aware without us telling them to act self-aware that's the part that is always going to freak people out and i think we will actually get that at some point because as we teach bots to write its own code it will continue to improve its methods to a point in which it exceeds our capabilities and maybe it will be aware of their own emotions. You know, maybe it will want to quote unquote live. It will know its mental state. But as of right now, that's not a thing. It's a it's a movie thing. Now, it they can surpass our abilities, mostly physical though. I think the most impressive bot we have out there, I think rates somewhere around a fourth grader. So we're still a ways to go, but they do jobs that we either a don't want to or can't we we will we'll send those boston dynamic dogs in to take video of a hostage situation because they can shoot at that not us you know so those are the main levels and i'm going to try to speed us up just a hair just because you know that that part took a little longer but it's, i think it's a good conversation to get a good understanding of those four levels it absolutely is but so like stats i looked up a couple stats just because i'm me not and <laughs> That it's predicted that AI revenues will top $126 billion by 2025. That 37% of large global corporations have already implemented some sort of AI. A lot of financial companies use predictive AI services to figure out what the next buy should be in the sell. And employment for AI has grown 270%. Now, I always bring this up because... Remember, part of sustainability, having the way, having the, the means to manage your life in today's world means income. And every year, more and more positions are going to be replaced by these robots. It's cheaper, it's more efficient and more effective. And a lot of these jobs, people just don't want to do. But that's going to require thinking about jobs very, very differently than we do today. So that's why I talk about these every time, how many jobs are being replaced on a regular basis. Because a lot of us just go, no, they can't. I know someone who's a truck driver who's like, they'll never get rid of that. They can say they will, but they but they won't. But meanwhile, there's automated trucks on the road today. They're quietly testing, quietly figuring out what they need to do to make it so that people understand. And the easiest way to ease people's mind is to say, you can get mad, but those have been on the road for five years with you already. Yeah, I think that like most things with technology, people have a lot of apprehension with this stuff. And a lot of people, there's a lot of uh, <laughs> keyboard warriors that get real angry about like these robots and stuff taking people's jobs but like you had already stated they're not jobs you don't they're not jobs you want but just because a job is there doesn't mean it should always be there just in case you need it i hate to say it like that but like if you if you're in a if you're a certain line of work and you're in your career does it really matter if we build ai robots to drive truck i mean honestly think about it like i'm not we're not going to offset all the truckers but if if a certain percentage of the fleet every year gets replaced like is that really going to affect you with your job in same thing with taxi drivers i think a huge like granted uber and lyft 
extra new in terms of technologies and businesses are still relatively new to the whole thing. But before that, before they existed, I mean, that would have been, in my opinion, a perfect place for AI driving. Like taxis would have been perfect. Absolutely perfect. That is not a job anyone needs. Well, and there'll come a time, I guarantee in large cities, there'll be, because there's a mass transportation lane kind of thing. Yep. I bet you you're going to find automated vehicles, cars that don't even have a steering wheel, that are traveling yep. at low speeds. You just get in, swipe your card, tell them where you want to go. It gets you there. You get out. Yeah, absolutely. This is all easy to predict, all these things that are going to happen. And so when you look at some of those uses, and when I say uses, I mean job replacement is almost anything customer service is going to get replaced. Sales, all that stuff can be automated. People get very, very upset about the self-checkout lines. That's a, a that is a computer service. Oh, it sucks. It I, I love it for when I only have a handful of things. I don't get these mental blocks of back when I was a kid, there was a nice lady, you know, ringing well, us up. I, I am somewhere in between. I, th- I have found that my reaction to those things very much depends on the perspective store, the amount of time I have in the store, and how quickly I have to get out of the store. For instance, the self-checkouts at Walmart, um, my okay, I don't like Walmart, but my only issue with those is that they're not really big enough. Because like, when I go shopping at Walmart, it's like a baby Sam's. I buy a lot of stuff, and that little area you have to check out isn't big enough. I prefer the belt with all the area for my stuff to sit there while I bag it, personally. I prefer that. Now, the stuff checkouts at VG's, which for anyone that doesn't know what a VG's is, it's just a local grocery store. It's a chain, but I mean, it's not, you know, it's nothing special. They Their self checkouts have the belt-driven system. They have all the extra room. But you know what else they have, Michael? They have an audio narration that slows down the entire process. The computer can't process scanning new items while it's talking to you, so you have to wait. I find it ridiculously annoying to have to wait for it to finish talking to me when i'm in a hurry walmart has the conveyor belt ones they're just the next three lanes after that big you know uh corralled area where you can just scan things and then go down at the other end and bag it yourself but the those are the services that we always hear and i i swear to you it's always this old guy who's always mad and wants to pound his fist on something he doesn't they either a i'll go wait in three hour lines just to not use a computer or B, ha ha, people for wanting more in life. Look, they replaced you with a computer at McDonald's. Those are the only two. Those are like the two things that I hear on a regular basis from crotchety people. But here's the deal. They were going to replace those jobs no matter what. Just like they're going to replace factory jobs. Just like they're going to replace driving jobs. They're going to replace a ton of different things. Educators are now using AI systems to help with grading processes so that they, the computer can do certain tasks so they can handle more students. Creativeness in TV and radio and art is starting to come from AI, where people in those industries will soon have to compete. People who are reporting on the news are now competing with AI computer systems. And when they get good enough, we won't need people to do it. We'll have artificial individuals telling us the answers. I actually, I don't know about answers, but if we're talking about news broadcasts, I think we should scrap the people all together already. Yeah, it's just these are slowly integrating in. It's not just cashier. Cashier was an easy swap, but now we're starting to get into more complex things. But we will use these for other uses. Right now, we use them for voice and home assistants that 
we jokingly say that my home assistant is so stupid and you know is so ridiculous but everyone in the house consistently uses it for one thing or another so i don't have a home assistant i don't think they're stupid i just i don't i don't have the time or the money right now to transition the things in my home to to that but i also don't really feel like i need it i'm sure that if i had it it would make my life easier but i mean it doesn't i don't feel like i'm suffering without it but also and i do want to i do want to you know chime in on this like you can't really say they're stupid it's it's the same technology that that combines your google to facebook to amazon to everything on your phone like you say something or post one thing and next thing you know when you're looking at a shopping app all these advertisements for what you want pop up so different than your home assistant like it records all your data for algorithmic stuff it's not like it's that's why they're designed to, to assist you so they need your data so i mean it makes sense i just don't I don't know. I don't have one. Well, we these are the same kind of systems that that are embedded in software for facial recognition. I found it hilarious when Apple said we're no longer going to develop facial recognition until we get better at its services. But my daughter takes her phone, looks at it, it unlocks the phone. That's a facial recognition service. Mm-hmm. Language assistance. If you're trying to speak to anyone in any language, it's very easy now because of computers and software. And there's things that are going to be kind of cool. I don't play a huge amount of games, but how cool is a video game that could integrate AI into the systems and have the NPCs be like people? You know, so mm. these are things that are happening. When I go to a when I go to a, com- a manufacturing plant, and I do, robots carry the goods from place to place. It doesn't matter if it's a warehouse, a factory, or I've seen it even in hospitals. Cleaning equipment, just like I said at my house, the the mowers, the vacuums, the glass cleaners. Even inventory management now. You can fly a drone through a warehouse and an RF tags report and you have a full inventory without someone wandering around counting. Well, even even going um, past that with like like Amazon warehouses the further Amazon they have robots that, that it's it looks actually kind of looks like a zamboni it's a compartmentalized robot that just drives through like down through the uh the plant and the employees gather the packages for orders and they put it on there and then it transports them over somewhere else and gets them shipped and it's really kind of cool how it works mm-hmm. yeah and the more we get better at these services the less people we need to do these things all of our social media services run with uh, predictive AI and data collection. And 80% of banks recognize the benefits of using AI for predictive finance because humans are predictable and we can look at trends and these systems are better than our financial analyst, which means all the people out there who are financial analysts, they're not going to have a job either at some point. Uh, Data security, same thing applies. If you look at the um, the amount of technology AI gathers just from the programming in Facebook, for those of you that are under a rock and don't understand this, you're on Facebook. You love Facebook. It loves you. You use it. It records all the data that you have, your habits, you know, the things you like, how often you do this, the, the amount of time you're on your phone throughout the day, blah, blah, blah. Facebook gathers all that and sells it to advertisers and people that need it or want it. Mm-hmm. That that algorithmic AI is the, pretty much the whole I guess the it's the machine and their cash cow. That's how they make money. That's why like now with these people that they're encouraging people to be creators, to spend more time on their phones, to put more data, to put more data into the system because that's how they're making money. Yeah. So how does AI affect future sustainability? That is easy, especially for a tech nerd like myself, because it does so many things for us. 
but it can also hinder if if humans can't evolve quick enough with it. I don't mean Skynet. I mean, we put far too much on people and their jobs. We put far too much on how we run society to keep the different levels of people motivated to do the things we want them to do. That will have to evolve with technology. Sustainability, things that it's going to affect. First and foremost, everybody knows I'm going to say this. I say it all the time. Smart microgrid. The, the energy system must be predictive. And in order for it to be predictive in how we use our energy, it's going to need a level of AI, which I guarantee you freaks out at least 50% of the people hearing this. What do you mean, man? They're going to turn off our power. People were like guarding their meters with a shotgun because they were swapping them out to smart meters. The whole concept is of a smart meter is so that later we can balance the grid and be able to use less when we don't need to use as much as we're using. Uh, unfortunately, people take that as I can't make my own decisions. You're making them for me. And people tend to, at times, be greedy. They want their own comfort at, at the expense of others. And this system won't really necessarily allow that. And everybody will have to kind of function as community. Hence the reason why I work on kindness projects and all these community building things, because I want people to work together. But same thing with automated driving, mass transit, personal transit, the efficiency climbs greatly. So that when people need to take the bus, the bus is there at these times. You know, there's no human element that screws that up. Same thing with the plants, you know, the manufacturing plants. There isn't the human element. Things get produced at a faster rate. We can use less materials, less energy to produce more. And it allows it allows for us to, to re greatly reduce. Now, most of this matters on the energy input. Now, if we're using solar and wind and hydrogen fuel and these things, cool. At least we're using less if it's still fossil fuels, but this, these predictive services, they will shut down when they're not in use. AI is now getting put into satellites. It can start predicting weather patterns. It can start predicting disasters before they're going to happen. It can start giving us a much earlier warning to cities that are in danger. It can talk about, or it can look at land use patterns and look and see if we're about to have problems with crops in an area because of uh, soil degradation or overuse, it can start pulling this information and start predicting the mistakes that we're making so that maybe we're smart enough to change those actions. It can monitor pollution and help us with solving some of those problems. It's still going to function as a home assistant and cleaning bots and those kinds of things. They'll just get better and better and better over time. They'll become more useful. You'll talk to your home assistant. Probably before I die, I'll be able to talk to the home assistant like it's a person in the house. It's, it's my own personal Jarvis. And then I'm going to tell you, it starts removing those jobs. It starts removing those jobs in our, in our life that are not really good for humans to do that damage our bodies, reduce our quality of life and our longevity of life. Those jobs just don't need to be human jobs. And that will help too. That's how I feel about factory work, honestly. I think factory work is, there's nothing wrong with it. I'm not insulting it or people that do it. I just think it's hard on, it's hard on the human soul. It's hard on the human body. And it ends up doing more harm than good for a lot of people. I think by the time I, I'm close to passing away or do so, most basic labor jobs and early professional jobs will be managed by AI. 
I don't doubt it. I mean, I, I'd like to think that that's true for all of us. I, I don't, I don't have, I make a lot of jokes about Skynet and stuff. But I don't really have a problem with AI and I don't really, I, I have a, I guess I have more of a, a hope that with more of the, the more mundane and, and soul crushing aspects of life removed or delegated off to things that don't involve a person that will give us more time to actually be individuals and to actually just spend on things we enjoy doing and to make us happy. And and maybe I'm, I'm I'm just a cockeyed optimist in that regard, or a hopeless romantic. But I do believe that you know the secret to longevity and happiness is following your passions and your your dreams. And I think that AI eventually will lead to you know that a little bit more. Well, and I know when I talk about these things, I'm sure you guys get surprised. But when I talk about some of this stuff and how it affects capitalism, actually, Facebook flags our stuff and removes it. <laughs> sustainability apparently is a gross violation of the norm and the biggest worry i have is that we never get past this you are what you do and that's coming from me and i've been buried in that my whole life you know this your identity comes from the job you do and that if you don't do certain things or you don't work extra hours or you don't work yourself to the bone you know they create this pride factor for jobs that kill you early and they're special people who do it you only get one life that we know of and we got to get we got to move past grading people by their employment now people will always be able to do something we're learning time and time again all of these basic income tests the ones who decide not to work still spend after about a month of relaxation helping their community. People choose to do good things when they're not being held to the fire. And we're going to have to keep talking about that. We're going to have to keep making that the norm because it's going to happen either way where these jobs aren't going to be there. So much like when we have a family member that keeps touting skilled trades, skilled trades are an excellent job for people, depending on what that skilled trade is and what the life expectancy of that trade is. Because it's not just AI, but YouTube eliminates jobs. And as they make things easier for the normal person to do, and what we're learning is information is power, where you can now learn plumbing yourself if you really want to and do it. You can learn electrical if you really want to and do it. You can fix any appliance in your house if you really want to learn it and do it because there's always a video. So all these jobs start to kind of melt away. We have to figure out a better way to manage humanity other than social status through employment. And that's where this AI is gonna to have to drive that. If not, we're gonna have a generation of or two of lost people, and that's not gonna be okay. So AI, and I'm gonna start wrapping us up here. AI is going to create massive efficiencies and great reductions in the resources we have to use to accomplish the same things we do today. The amount of energy resources, the amount of natural resources, we can use dramatically less using AI predictive systems than what we do today. And if we manage those AI systems correctly, it will guide us out of this overconsumption method. It will teach us how to do things a little bit better. So when it comes to the environmental side, it can be very, very beneficial because again, just think about the, the, the electric grid nationally. If it could predict and only use exactly what we need and we only produce exactly what we need, and then we have all these positive inputs that are, that are not fossil fuels, that changes the whole scope of the United States' carbon footprint. 
So these things can be used to our advantage on a regular basis. These predictive methods are better than we can predict. They can they can modernize a farm and predict that our current system doesn't work. And I guarantee you, you got a bunch of guys who are fighting like, nope, this is the way to do it. This is the way to do it. You, you know, we're great farmers. The moment the computer shows the neighbor how to do it better and the guy over here touting I'm perfect starts losing because the other guy's figuring it out through AI, mm -hmm. they start making changes. One thing I learned about humanity, they hate change until it benefits them in a way they cannot sell it to everybody else as is bad. Well, that, but they also, humanity, I shouldn't say humanity, men predominantly, but most humans hate to be second. They don't like playing second fiddle. And so when they see their neighbors or their competitors doing something that may be something they were already against, but they see the benefits of it, they no longer want to be second. You know, so they're going to, they're going to change. They're going to, they're going to get with the times just to keep up with what's going on because they don't want to fall behind because that in business, especially that practically means death. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. If there's anything you take away from this, there's there's some definite dangers, but I think the dangers in AI aren't with the AI. The dangers are in how humans deal with the changes that AI creates, and that AI has the opportunity, and that uh, and that is based on how we treat it and how we use it to make our lives marketably better, marketably easier, and humans could be humans because some of the most basic labor stuff is being done by bots. And we don't have to do that anymore. We don't have to bust our bodies and shorten our lives. Now it's going to be, how do we get leaders to change their mindset to allow that? That's the only part in the future that is dangerous about AI that I can see. No, I, I agree with that. I don't really know where it's going, to be honest. I know where I want it to go. I, I know that it, it gives me lots of... Uh... Lots of material to make lots of Terminator jokes, but I ultimately, like I said, I want it to lead to the the betterment for all mankind. I want people to be able to have more time to hope and dream and experience life, and not be so drugged down by mundanely boring, stupid tasks that none of us want to do but have to. Dashbot. <laughs> <laughs> yes, absolutely. So that's all I had for everybody today. I know it was a bit, it was a little bit more than usual. Uh, I tried to move through it pretty brisk. Uh, if you have questions about AI, feel free to send them or you have fears or whatever else. I will try to answer those questions to the best of my ability. I am a, your local science nerd, but I also know that it's going to greatly help our our foods, our food structure, our energy structures. The, and these are big things and possibly if done correctly, our social structure. So thank you so much for listening. If you like this episode, share it with a friend or family or possibly even on social media. If you want to help realistic sustainability, you know what I'm going to say. Five-star reviews. It has been some time since I've convinced any of you to go to iTunes and leave a five-star review. And since most of our listening is from iTunes, pretty pleased with sugar on top. It only takes a moment. And remember, each week we get together just to get a little bit better. Little bit, little bit, big bit. I'm Mike. And I'm Nick. We will see you next week. <laughs>